down about evening now, and the shopkeepers in the public square are muttering one to another, asking each other, what is this landowner doing still hiring? And they've got a point, actually. The day, at this point, is about at an end. There are maybe a couple hours of light left. It's hard to see what good more workers could possibly be to him. Someone's going to have to tell them what to do. There's a pretty decent walk to the vineyard, and by the time they get the hang of it, the day's basically going to be over. And to boot, there's a reason that these workers are still here. We're not talking about the cream of the crop here. That one over there didn't get to the square until about an hour ago. He's lucky he's hiring at all. That one over there went with the farmer earlier, and he's back. I don't know if he got fired. I don't know if he wasn't going to get paid. I doubt he's going to talk about it, but it's obvious he still needs a job. And that one over there has been haggling, actually, with the landowner a couple times, waiting for a better offer. God knows he better take this one if it comes, because he needs the money. They all do. There's no such thing as disposable income in first century Palestine. If any of these workers want daily bread for them and their families, they need a daily wage. And how appealing, attractive a worker are they going to be if they don't have food, if they come on a day-old empty stomach? That one there in the back, he hasn't been hired for three days. He looks about too weak to work, and if he doesn't get hired today, I don't know if he's going to make it back tomorrow. Not one of these workers is what you might call a good investment. Not one really seems worth this landowner's time. And yet, here he is at the end of the day, still higher. Our reading from Isaiah speaks about a whole people, just as hopeless as the most desperate of these workers, a whole people totally broken. Their kingly line has been snapped. Their way of life is gone. Their religious observance is undone. This whole people feels at the end of their rope, out of options, abandoned by their God. Yet somehow, this people is hearing news so good, it's almost literally unimaginable. Our selection from today, the second section of Isaiah, of this second section, is promise after promise after promise of comfort, light, good news. This is the 16th chapter of it. And it seems not only too good to be true, but it's an unreasonable generosity far beyond anything any of them have reason to expect. See, they were an unfaithful people. They messed up time after time after time. They know it. They know it in their bones. 
that their exile is a direct result of their unfaithfulness, that they don't have a cause for complaint against God. But now, knowing this, they hear that by the hand of God, Babylon, this great, mighty kingdom that smashed their capital and took them into exile, they're going to be overthrown, and this little people, unfaithful to God's covenant in so many ways, God's going to bring them home anyway. And they would have so much to be thankful for. You could picture them just exalted, relieved, saying, God, thank you. Thank you for this amazing thing you're doing for us. We don't deserve it, we know, but we're going to make it up to you. It's going to be different this time. It's going to be better. It's like one of those workers in the marketplace getting hired for that last hour's wage. Not a lot, maybe enough for a crust of bread, but something, more than nothing, and then they can come back and do better the next day. And it's easy for us to think that this is how God works with us. That we bargain for these little things, box ourselves in, instead of being open to an amazing generosity. Because God isn't measuring out his gifts for us in little drips and drops. That's more like what we do, isn't it? With God, with others, even with ourselves. But remember in our reading that God's ways are above our ways. His thoughts are above our thoughts. He's overflowingly generous. He's saying, God in this reading from the prophet Isaiah, in a land and for a people who don't have a lot, where food and drink are hard to come by, come and have grain for free, water in the desert without price. And more than what you need, I'm going to give you what you want. I'm going to give you wine. I'm going to give you milk. And I'll pay for it all. And it gets better in the previous chapter to this one. He's saying that for this people who's coming back to their ruined city, he's promising that one day, one day this city is going to be even greater than ever before. He promises his people a picture of a holy city with roads paved with precious stones in the foundations of their buildings, places that no one will ever see even. Paved, set, foundations in beautiful sapphire. Gift after gift after gift, he promises, all ridiculously above and beyond what they could ever expect. That's Isaiah's God. That's the landowner in this gospel. That's our God, too. And he's still hiring. Our God, right now, is hiring workers for his vineyard. And sisters, brothers, I don't know about you. I don't know about our catechumens and candidates with us for the first time today. And we're so joyful to have you here. I don't know about you. I'm not one who's worked in the vineyard all day. I don't know if I'm a nine either, or a noon, or a three, 
because there are pieces of my life that still aren't working in the vineyard of the Lord. I can see myself in the one who is late to the square, where I've not made myself available to God, where he sought me out. I can see myself in the one who works for someone else, and it doesn't work out, and I'm left empty and in need of help. I can see myself in the one who's haggled with the landowner, waiting for a better offer that's not going to come. Where am I going to find a more generous employer? And I can see myself even sometimes in the one too weak to work, where this weight of the world can seem too much, and it's hard to know if you've got the strength to go on. It seems to me there must be better people for the job. I'm sure there are, but God still wants me. God's still hiring even these parts of my life. He still wants them. And he's not hiring piecemeal either. He's not giving minimum wage. Our God's salary scale gives feasts without price, remember? Paves roads like Merrimack out there in diamonds and rubies and emeralds and sets building foundations, not in concrete, but in sapphire. And that's the kind of payment, that's the kind of gift he gives even to the smallest, the weakest, the least. And why? Because he wants to. Because he's generous, because he loves us, because he wants to see us happy. And isn't he free to do what he wants with his own money? Yes, sisters, brothers, God's still hiring. And he wants each and every one of us. Will we let him sign us up? Dear Lord.